Welcome to Four Game Changers for Black Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, EJ Mayers, here with Ross D. And we're here to propel black entrepreneurship forward by sharing wisdom from the top down that changes the game from the inside out. Four Game Changers is more than a podcast. It's a community where successful black entrepreneurs and luminaries share their wisdom with our tribe of up and coming black entrepreneurs. So if that's you. I'm talking about black entrepreneurs anywhere around the globe. Tune in and show up because this shows for you. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Today on your episode of Four Game Changers, we have Haru Yafeyu. Did I pronounce that right? Yafeyu, yeah. Formerly known as Herm Harris in these streets. (laughs) He operates as a power broker in sports and entertainment, and he's about to drop us some serious game today. Um, personally, we go back 20 years, and the thing I admire most about you is how you're able to spot opportunities and move at a very high level of strategic partnerships. I mean, I've seen you broker deals with Don King, T.I., Jay Prince, and the list goes on. But that's enough from me for Game Changers. Let's get into it. Sound like good stuff, man. Welcome to the show. Man, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like, man, we just saw you in Rolling Out. Mm-hmm. Not everybody gets a profile in Rolling Ooh. Out. Like, it's it's something special. Like, why did they want to do an article on you? Um, you know, shit. Honestly, I think uh, more so than anything, it's what you guys are speaking to. It's relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my guy Ali. There, I've been knowing him. 20 plus years and over the years he's asked me a few times about doing interviews and normally I'm always a little standoffish right mm-hmm. uh, he just reached out and it was the right time and I said you know I was kind of open up a little bit more and yeah, let's talk about it so so you're you're normally the man behind the scenes right behind the man behind the man that's helping the man to connect to the profits get to the money nah. understand you know the plays and the opportunities that exist right yes yeah, that's, that's that's why I like to operate out the way, you know what I'm saying, and uh, try to help position other people to empower myself mm-hmm. while empowering them at the same time. There but, it is. you know, I, I really don't have too much uh, fanfare for trying to be that guy. Mm. I like to keep the mystique, you know what I'm saying? It's power and mystique and not knowing. If I can keep you guessing at it, like, you stay right there. You don't need to know everything. You off balance. There if it I is. know you got it and it's all crazy, then I can put you in a box. He got it, it's up, it's what it is. Boom. Mm-hmm. If I know you ain't about shit and it's nothing, then <laughs> that's what that is. But Indeed. if I can't quite gauge it, and I know like I know you're doing something, I see how he's moving, he's and that's real. There it and, is. And that's what the power is. And that's what I learned from my OGs. I see how mm-hmm. they move. I study them. And say, okay, I see what this is. If you know, you know. And yeah. keep it rolling like that. So man, you've been in Atlanta, like are you born? Raised here in Atlanta? Born and raised, Crawford Long Hospital. Yep. Um, Silver Middle School, Nash Middle School, North mm-hmm. Atlanta High, um, Atlanta Metro, mm-hmm. play ball there. Okay. All my family from New Orleans, been back and forth. But yeah, I'm real ATLian. I know you real don't hear my accent is strong no more, but yeah, all the way out. Wow. Wow. So when you began your journey in business, mm-hmm. where did it start? Where, where did you learn the game? Who did you learn the game from? And, you know, what got you, like, kicked off? Um, so, Juice. You familiar with uh, Juice Magazine back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early yeah. 2000s? Mm-hmm. 
So Juice was my first business mentor. I was in college, and she stayed across the street from me. I used to see this little heavy set girl pulling up at the Benz truck, you know what I'm saying? But she kept like 10, 15 bad little joints with her. I'm like, yo, who is big girl right here? Man, what's up with Juice? Like, you know? So one day we um, begin wings, and she's next to me. And I say, yo, I be seeing you over in the apartments and shit. Like, what's up with the little chicks you be rolling with? So I hear her accent. She's from New Orleans. All my family from New Orleans. I say, yo, where you from? Like, I'm from the East. All my family from the East. What you do? She said, I do nails. I'm like, my cousin Ro, so my cousin Ro was a cash money barber. So he cut all the heads back in the day, was on tour with them, all that. So she mm-hmm. knew my cousin. So like, off top, he was like, oh, it's a vibe here. Like, what's up? So I started kicking it with her. And then I realized, like, oh, this is before she got with BMF and all that. This is when she was doing her magazine thing all the way out. And um, you know, I watched her day to day, grind, how she made major plays and did it low budget. And mm-hmm. got people to move for her, how she empowered herself and how she moved around the city. So I studied her. So it was like she was literally my first entrepreneur that I saw live up close in person was Juice. Rest in peace, Juice. That's like Rest my sister. That's family. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. Juice is where it all started, like as far as business and me thinking about it, like, yo, entrepreneur, I can do this. And realizing that I don't need a million dollars to get started. I just need the right overstanding and right mm-hmm. relationships to move with. Mm-hmm. And I saw Juice do that all around the city. She's mm. going through this drink like a tornado, you know what I'm saying? Like plugging everything, major action. And I watched her grow it. Right, where she took it. I watched the whole thing happen. She started off, I think, with a, a nail shop in the West End originally. Nail shops, yeah. She did nails. And she, she started that End. and then she turned that into. Started the magazine. Yeah, then got with them boys and just, you know, took all the way off. But she been a Stone Cold. She's Stone Cold Hustler, real gangster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I like that's really who like groomed me and helped me understand how to go about a path of being an entrepreneur. How would, how important was the education that you got from her, man, the game that you got from her as like a mentor? If you, will? Well, you know, it was priceless. And being real with you at the time, I didn't even consider any type of mentorship. Did she pay you while, um, she, while you were rocking with her? So pay me no, but we had a few hustles together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was and that yeah. was outside of what she was doing. Yeah. So I was the one like, okay, yeah, we fuck around over here. We do we do over here, but you know, mm-hmm. I see what you're doing, but I'm watching this. I'm mm-hmm. gonna put some personal on it, but no, I'm, I'm I don't work for you. Like it's not a mentorship. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see what's up. These chicks around here, you got around here, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? I'm doing my thing. You got some yeah. action. I got my own action at the time too. So it's not like I'm like you know I'm still who the fuck I am. I, I'm not tripping. Yeah. So um. Yeah, so I, I didn't realize it was a mentorship until like later in life. When I looked back at it, I was like, yo, it really all started with Juice. Somebody asked me, they mm-hmm. thought it was OG Magic, Magic City. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It was Juice. That's where it started. So at the time, I was just living wow. life, you know, making my plugs and doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot, man, that's a major key, man. <laughs> we Like, you start off heavy, man. As a power broker, you, you don't start off in the game and have power have the ability to make connections. Like I haven't met anybody that just does it and never had anybody that preceded them, mm-hmm. that, that showed them, yo, this is how you move. This is how you talk. Nah, man, I know you got the idea. Hold on to that. You know, learn the game, learn, learn who you learn the players before you, before you even start trying to play the game yourself. Right. Right. So, shoot, man, I, I had a similar path, man, learning from, you know, a black entrepreneur, man, that used to run some of the barbershops and hair salons in Huntsville, Alabama. And, 
man, I didn't know any other entrepreneurs, man. Mm-hmm. It was one of those positions. I was going to, to, to school at University of Alabama in Huntsville, you know, learn, trying to learn marketing. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn any real actual marketing mm-hmm. from anybody at those schools. I learned it from, you know, the guy that ran the, the, the hair salons, the barber shops, the, the man he was running and creating nonprofit organizations, you know, getting haircuts and, and, and uh, getting school supplies for kids in the hood. Like that's where I learned the game. I didn't learn it from, you know, going to school, opening up the books and none of that ever worked for me. You know, the traditional way that come on, man, it was, it was the OGs that I got it from no doubt. And that's why this platform is so important because, you know, we were in the right place at the right time to be able to get, you know, that mentorship or that guidance from somebody that, you know, led the way and showed us the way. But with for game changers, we're trying to broaden that horizon to be able to give that knowledge to people that just have access to a phone or the internet to be able to get real world experience and, you know, real world real world game from people that actually have, you know, walked that walk. Indeed. So you made a transition from from learning from from juice. And I understand like at a young age, man, like most people here in Atlanta, how they know you, they know you from magic. Mm-hmm. Right. So how did you make that transition? What like, man, how does a young, <laughs> you know, say ATL even, you know, intersect with that environment, man. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, how yeah. did it happen? Um, so at the time when uh me and Juice was Juice was getting ready to take off and go with them guys, right? Mm-hmm. And she wanted me to roll over there with her and I said, No, I'm a hold tight, but so I played ball at Metro. And in playing ball there, mm-hmm. my teammate was Michael Barney Jr., who was Magic's son. At the time I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And um he told me he's like, Yo, man, he's like, you know my dad owns Magic. I'm like, Oh, that's what's up. Like, yeah, I heard about your pops, he a real G like, you know what I'm saying? Magic City for the un- uninitiated. Yeah, Magic City. Magic City. Yeah, um, he said, you know, you know, my pops on magic. So I said, that's what's up. So anyway, we was cool. We played ball together, and we would go in there like. So I probably like, I don't want to say I was, I was young. And we would go there, you know what I'm saying, hang out, and I just you know would look around, check it out, whatever. No big deal to me. I'm not moved by none of it because you mm-hmm. know I'm whatever. Um, so when his pops comes home from prison, he basically puts a whole new team together. And when he's putting his team together, he asks his son. He said, yo. Do you know anybody that can move around this environment who you think any of your peers? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I know one. And he hit me up, and he's like, yo, I got an opportunity for you. You want to come learn the club business? And at the time, mm-hmm. I was only halfway interested in that. Halfway. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I was doing what I was doing. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I got a pretty good little situation going on, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's getting kind of hot. It's not all the way legit, and I know my time over here is going to be limited. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I dropped out of school. I had a basketball scholarship and dropped out. My mom was furious. Mm-hmm. Furious. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I leave and I say, yo, okay, I got to do something. I don't want to keep on going this path because I know it's going to go left. And literally, so when Magic came into my life, it was like a, a, a life raft. Like that was like a life save for me. Like, oh, you know, I better take this and move on. But yeah. at the same time, I'm also, I was going through a spiritual revolution at that time in my life mm. where 
I was learning and growing so fast. I'm fasting and meditating and mm-hmm. like trying to get a better understanding on a different level. So for me, it was like, damn, to go into a strip club while I'm in this process is like, <laughs> that's a tough thought. You know Every what I'm temptation that you yeah. could ever want is but, right in one place. And crazy, oddly enough, yeah. for me, it wasn't so much about the girls and shit. I've been a stone cold player my whole life. I'm not moved by that. Okay. That's why I'm good for the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like the energy of the building and the people and doing it night in, night out for me is like, oh, man. Don't want to be bothered with that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I realized, I was like, okay, well, I took the approach. One, I need this right now. When I look around, the options is limited. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So this is, and it's not a bad look, of course. At the time, I'm 19. So um, OG said, yo, you know, you want to learn the club business, you got to learn it from the ground up. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, what's the bread look like? Like, what's up? And he told mm-hmm. me, you know, um, I'm going to start you off being a bar back. And you're going to go from bar back, and I'm going to teach you how to run the whole club. I'm like, what is a bar back? <laughs> I'm like, what is a bar back? And keep in mind, I got a big ego at the time, yeah. too, because I'm doing my thing. I got bread. I'm all right out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, what you mean? You want me to fuck? First of all, you're talking about way less money than I'm making already. And you want me to come in here and like, so I'm like, man, it's going to be rough. For these same cats, I'd be running and kicking the with something. I don't know. Yeah. So I had to humble myself, and it was very hard to do. Very hard. Mm. Um, but I did, and you know, it was a good decision in life. And I got there, Magic City was like business school for me. I learned so much from the old man. It's ridiculous. To this day, he's my OG, one of my mentors. Like, you know, one of the sharpest minds I know. Wow. Period. You know, one, one of the few people I can sit down and talk with who will think about something the way I didn't and say something so profoundly simple to me. Be like, damn, how I missed that? It's only yeah. a few people in my life that really do that to me. He's one of them. Wow. And Magic City was, I mean, they probably are the oldest strip club in Atlanta, right? They are. Yeah, I, mean, I believe oldest, now it's one of the oldest strip clubs in the world it's like been in the same building popular the whole time like making this type of money it's survived the test of time legendary yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, they they it's, literally I mean I mean they as Atlanta rose in prominence so did Magic City yeah you know and salute so, to the OG man that's OG Madge that's you know what I'm saying that's him that salute. allowed for that to happen you know one of the most powerful things that I think you just brought to the table, and I, I think this is a major key for anybody that's listening, is humility. You know what I'm saying? I had to humble myself. Like, you think about that, man, for somebody who is thinking that, you know what, I want to get on this level. I want to move, you know, behind the scenes. I want to connect to all of the major, you know, players you don't come in as the major player, even though you think you you've done a few things like, yo, humility, humble yourself. You know, that right there is a power move, even though it doesn't seem like it is right. Things like I think, man, people got humility fucked up. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, if you want to be a master, the first thing you have to do is learn from a master. Right. Indeed. So how are you going to learn from a master if you don't humble yourself? Yeah, man, you got the the, the uh, ego trips take you out of here, man. A lot of ego trips along the way. You go to feeling yourself. You're doing all right. You get a few bags. Mm-hmm. You're around people. You get caught up in the competitive mentality with everything. There's so many ego trips that exist nonstop throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the spiritual warfare that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And your ability to navigate other people's ego trips, mm-hmm. their spirits, their energy, to try mm-hmm. to get to where you're going. is yeah. not something that's easily done. It's not anything they're going to teach you in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta be really in the field, hands on to get it, and that's one of the things that Magic did for me. I'm in the mix every night. I'm 19 years old. Every night, every at night. 19, at 19. Like, think about that. <laughs> the the rooms, the conversations, 
you know, there there are certain cultures that go to the golf clubs to make deals. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain cultures that go to the strip club to make deals. That's right. And I tell you about that. In these cultures you're speaking of, one of the first things I learned being that magic is the higher you go up in business, underworld or legit, the closer you get together. Mm. The higher you go up, the closer you get together. And with that understanding, you know what I'm saying, you're able to position a lot of conversations in a lot of ways. If you understand that, and like me personally, I always knew I was never going to be the type of guy to like go anywhere and try to get a job. Hey, how you doing? My name's Herman. I'm trying to get a job. I'm like, man, get out of here, homie. <laughs> Period. Yeah. No, it's not how I'm set up. Yeah. So, and, and because I know that about myself, I understand that, and there's an art, there's a delicate balance to. I want to pull you, whoever this major player is. I want to get you as comfortable as fast as possible. And the way for me to do that is to be completely authentic. I don't believe in fake it till you make it. I'm not with none of that. I'd be authentic, let you know what it is, but I know this same dude who you're trying to come in here and be all tuck your shirt in for, this same dude is snorting coke off the back of strippers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the moment I get him to understand that, I understand that, and I, I know how you're really kicking it. Yeah. Now we can get a deal done. Yeah. And now he wants yeah. to do a deal with me. Now he's like, oh, yeah, come on over. I'm break. Come That's meet my, my wife. Man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He turns into that. While you over yeah. here in line with these guys trying to do this, I'm like, yo, damn, what's up, homie? Let's, you know, and it, move, it grows from there. But you got to be authentic. It got to be organic. You can't force it. You can't come across thirsty. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's um, so many people play themselves early in the game by trying to pretend. Real talk. Anytime you're dealing with whales and sharks, they see through it anyway. They're going to smell the blood in the water immediately. So they much rather you be authentic and, and come humble and be like, yo, look, this is what it is, but still have that fire in you where they know, nah, yeah. I'm not just going for anything either. And that's a part of the, the gift that gets developed, especially if you're in the waters with sharks. Like you sniff this out. You sniff a, another person's nature out. Yeah. You know, but sh- again, I'm going to stop right here. Another major key. Be authentic. Right. Be authentic. Be true to thyself. Know thyself. A lot of people out here faking. As as one of my good friends would say, flodging. Right. <laughs> you know, old, a old lot of people front, <laughs> they flodge. A lot of people fronting, right? They put up this facade of who they think I want to see, or who they think you want to mm-hmm. see, or who they think the 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 person that they want to see that they want to do business with. But shit, man, real real OGs, like real business leaders they they can see past that because they've been involved they've seen so many fronts in their life they've seen so many facades and there's only so many of them it man that's the thing about it it's, it's not like it's like a million different ways to finesse in front of people to be it no it's only a handful of ways to do it you know what I'm saying? so <laughs> once you've seen them you've seen them like you're not ask, doing anything new ask a few of the right questions you poke yeah. holes in all of yeah, it immediately but i like to say sometimes <laughs> you know it only takes one word if I'm listening, it takes one word for you to expose yourself. Just one. Real. All I got to do is pay attention to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Ask a couple of questions. And that one word going to kill you. Wow. Take you out of here. And you're going to expose yourself to being either a fraud real quick. Especially if you've been a fraud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But some, That's deep. Some people miss that one word. Well, I'm listening for the one word while you're talking. Mm-hmm. I'm calculating it all while you're talking. I'm saying, oh, there it was right there. You're a fraud. Why they giggling, laughing in your face, yeah. talking real loud. They swear they pulling one on me. Mm-hmm. And I caught that word. And now my mind went from doing square, straight up business with you and trying mm-hmm. to see how we could build on some real positive shit. And now I went to, okay, now I'm going to decide. Are you a benefit, an asset to me? And can I use you for something? Or am I going to walk you off the cliff? 
And you really did it to yourself. You really did it to yourself. And then, you know, I'll play green like you, th- like you think it's all good. I drag you out six, seven months. Mm-hmm. I drove people out six, seven months trying to get to a point, and they think they're running game on me the whole time. Wow. Then and, and they look up like, oh, then what happened? And it's like, yeah. And out of that one word that you were listening for, mm-hmm. from that, that one word that you were paying attention for, yeah. major key alert. <laughs> major one key. more, man, to listen to know, mm-hmm. right? K N O W. This this is something that I, I I use quite often, especially with uh, my clients, my my consulting clients and whatnot. They they never take the time to listen to who they're doing business with. Mm-hmm. They never time to take time to listen to their customers. Mm-hmm. They never take time to listen to you know the person on the other side of the transaction. In their mind, they have an agenda, and if they accomplish this, but they never time, take time to listen to what the other person wants, which is tragic. What they need, right? And and shoot, man, some of the greatest leaders in like I I read a lot of books on, like say for instance the Black Titan and Herman Russell, his you know building Atlanta, and he talks about man, real business is built on the need. Mm-hmm. And if you never listen to that joint, like if you ever listen to somebody in a transaction, like. You trying to get business done? You're listening to know what is your motive, what is your real purpose? Yeah, you, I mean, you know, and just to even take it past business and just in building relationships, period, uh, even with a girl. Period. If you meet a girl out at the bar and y'all hanging out, and you go to talking to her. You need to listen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen to her. Don't pitch at her all night. Listen, so you can. She a cute dummy. She got something to offer. You know what I'm saying? Listening is everything. That's how you start. Your, yeah, that's how you start your relationships. <laughs> right. Indeed. Yeah. Before I figure out what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do, I'm going to listen and ask you questions. Then if you're sharp enough, by the time I get to my 12th question, you'll be like, hold on, hold on. You ask me all these questions. Yeah, I'm putting the whole profile on you together. It's all right. Check me. I got your whole life figured out. Done. Yeah, it's been 20 minutes. Yeah. You ain't asked me nothing. You don't know nothing about me. Do you find that the more people talk about themselves, the more they think they know you? Um, Depends on the personality type. Depends on the personality type. I mean, anybody with enough of a brain know if you're just talking, you can't possibly know anything about me. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But some people, mm-hmm. they're so lost in their own ego that, um, yeah, they will just talk. And, like you say, just pitch. Like, you haven't listened yet. You're just trying to pitch me, trying to sell me. Woo, 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 woo. You're going, you're going, you're going. You ain't asking me no questions. And it's like. Mm-hmm. I found that, man, many of these relationships, again, I built relationships on just asking questions. And they never ask them back. I know a lot about the person. Right. And they feel they know me because they I know a lot about them. Yeah. But they don't know me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, especially when you get into sales side of things and all of that kind of stuff. A lot of it is, a, man, everything. Not a lot of it. Everything is about relationship. Mm-hmm. Who you are in relation to the other person. And I learned that really early on in my career that. I could pay attention to how that other person feels, right? They feel heard mm-hmm. when they're talking with me. Mm-hmm. I listen. I'm in it. I'm in that moment and I'm hearing what they're saying and I'm replying. I'm asking open-ended questions to dig down so that they can now give me what's in their brain, and not power. what's in mine. That's power. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Everybody doesn't understand that. If you ask the right big wig or well, the right question, that's also a way to make them say, oh, you sharp. Mm-hmm. And be more interested to pull you over. 
you just trying to tell him, listen, man, this is what I do, this is what I got. And it's like, that's cool. But if you ask him the right question, <sighs> that might be all he needs to say, you know what? Come on over here. Right. And the right question opens up the right answer, right? It it like it it creates, and I, I say this, man, quite often, a clear why creates the clear way. The question is the the beginning of the quest. Once you send somebody on this journey, man, they they take steps down a path that you kind of, you know, opened Laid up out. and, you know, say it said, hey, man, I'm highlighting this path. Right. Oh, you smart. huh? <laughs> <laughs> I see you. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. OK, so. We have this this 10 year run here with. You know, again, man, uh, uh, Atlanta icon, this classic, this this center of not only entertainment, but really business. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of celebrities. There's a lot of, you know, uh, business leaders and uh, shoot, man, they're leaders of all sorts, man. There are people that are leading, leading the hood, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm saying leading the streets, you know, I'm saying they're leading industry. They're people that are coming from countries different country like man this is like like a a center it's like man i came to atlanta i want to experience like disney world right you created an experience Mm -hmm. but in that experience there was a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. and out of that opportunity you also found opportunity for yourself in to create new lanes and new avenues Mm -hmm. so like how did you begin to realize that, you know what? Okay. I, I, I'm seeing different angles here. Man, I didn't have, with me, I've always looked for angles. I've always looked for opportunities. Like, so it was second nature for me to be like, oh, mm-hmm. opportunity. Oh, could be something there. You know what I mean? So being in that kind of environment, it was just real natural for me to say, all right, what am I going to do? Who do I need to plug with? How can I parlay this? I know I don't want to stay in the strip club my whole life. I know that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? While I'm in a good position, I'm doing my thing. And everybody say, man, you got a dream job. <laughs> I used to be like, bro. Like, That's everybody cool. else's mouth. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, look, yeah. I'm here every night. You come stop in here and you're like, oh, yeah. And it's like, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for me, opportunity is how my mind ticks. I'm always looking for opportunities. I can identify them. That's really one of my strengths in life, period. Mm. I can spot winners. I know if somebody's real. I know if they're a winner. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're an athlete, entertainer, whatever it may be. And in doing that, I have the ability to spot you and then create opportunity around you. Mm-hmm. And so being at Magic was just um, a way to speed that up for me because there's mm-hmm. so many people coming in there. And my Rolodex on my phone at the time was crazy. And they like gave me an influx of all these people that I can reach out to. Um mm-hmm. One thing I will say is in that, right? So a lot of people don't understand you can collect plugs and can't do anything with them, right? Indeed. Uh, in collecting these plugs, one thing I've always understood was to respect them and to not abuse them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't use them for like long time. I'll give you a, a real example. So okay. um, I did my first film project. I was doing a documentary by a guy named Valrice Val- Val- Wap Cooper, uh, the quarterback. He's a, pr- a legendary prison boxing trainer. He gets mm-hmm. locked up at 17 years old, 
That's like 40 years. That dude has a crazy life story. Phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I meet him on a flight to Moscow. Um, I'm training a fighter named Brad Sodom at the time. Anyway, fast forward through this whole story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, while I'm shooting this documentary, I say, yo, okay, I know I got something here. I need somebody to narrate it. I need to get the right partner on this. So I hit tip up, right? And I said, tip is the perfect fit for what I'm trying to do right here. And I had been knowing tip, being around Fevel. Mm-hmm. His dude, Neil, worked that magic with me. So I reached out to Neil, so I'm calling around. And I had never raised my hand in class. I was yeah. one, I don't really raise my hand in class unless I know the answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if I call you about something, it's real. It's legit. Okay. So when I call, immediately he's like, yeah, bro, what you want to do? We did a handshake deal like this. He came in, narrated the situation, and got down. But that was based on the fact that I've been around forever. I ain't never said, yo, my homeboy rap, my little cousin rap. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to pitch. No. I'm going to wait to the moment. I identify the moment to say, yo, this one need to use that person. To this day, I got people on my phone. I've been known 15 years. Got relationships with major people who I ain't never asked for nothing. Mm. I ain't never leaned on them for anything. You know? Yeah. But the time is coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when it gets to him, be like, yo, it's your turn. Hey, man. It's your turn. You up. Yeah, you up. You up. You know? But So so has it gone both ways? Do your 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 connects reach out to you as well, oh, man? No question. To, yeah. No question. That's the only way you can really collect power players. You got to have something to offer. Mm. You know? So if you got a gang of OGs, then there's something you bring to their situation to make them give you that time and access to them. Indeed. You know, so you don't have anything to offer. It ain't got to have nothing to do with no money. It could yeah. be literally the way you think. Yeah. How your brain work. I process my thoughts a certain type of way. And maybe it's a little different from how you do. Mm-hmm. So in that, I'm, I'm immediately an asset. You're I an have asset. value. You know, I get phone calls from all kinds of people that, you know, are major people that's asking, what do you think? Wow. That's why they're calling. to see what I think. So and that's so, to the point. So major... Major key. <laughs> I mean, you know once he was, you know, yeah. learning from a master into evolving into becoming a master. I'm pretty sure you have a lot of people that reach out to you and look at you as the plug. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Which so, I always find odd, but I get it. But it's, yeah, I I completely agree. What I see, what I hear, and what you just said, you know, which I want to pull out and I want to make sure I highlight for anybody listening. Right, we're talking about value in advance he gave value in advance to establish a relationship to establish why you need to stay connected to create it like that value in advance created a bridge you know it created comfort it created trust Mm -hmm. so really that value in advance created a bridge of trust right to where they walked over, they say, man, I know I'm good walking over this bridge right here. So anytime he ever came back, it was like, you know what? I remember that bridge was good. <laughs> it was good going this way. It should be good going the other way, mm-hmm. too. So when the call is made, it's like, I bet. Look, what what does it take? Man, handshake handshake deals. A lot of the, the, the people that I've worked with, man, you know, when they... When you throw down like this crazy contract with all of these pages in it, man, that that f's up. The, like, that's yo, your, it's a wrap. That's your first mistake. You know what I'm saying? It's a wrap. Like, <laughs> so you come in talking. About, dog, it's over. trust is how these relationships and how deals are really made. You know what I'm saying? Lawyers can mess up any contract. The they lawyer, can dig through anything. Do, they do that, mess dog, up that's contract. what they do. Their, their job Hands is to down. muddy the water, Hands muddy down. this water for you, and drag this thing out. 
I'm going through it right now. I've been like going back and forth for months on something that we could have got done in a matter of two days. Indeed. Wow. You know, I tell everybody prior to the business, we're going to do a deal. I say, yo, look, let's immediately come to terms right now amongst mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Let's outline this what we're going to do. So when we take it to the attorney. You tell your attorney, I'm going to tell mine. This is what we agreed to. Don't mm-hmm. let them come in here and start finessing and telling you X, Y, and Z because it's going to get drug out and it's going to go bad. Exactly. Lawyers mess up more deals than they make. So you got to have the right one and one that's willing to listen to you. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So I learned from, I was working with one of my clients, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Mm-hmm. The guy that run that is uh, Dr. Charles Steele. Mm-hmm. And this guy, when I tell you old school or the old school, like his dad used to run a funeral home. And I mean, he just took almost everything his daddy told him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's like he's eight, almost I want to say 70, 80 years old. Like he's up in age. Right. But he never does anything over a memorandum of understanding, especially in the beginning. Listen, no legal legalese, no legal speak, like put it on paper. Let's put it on paper like ourselves. This is what we're agreeing to. This is what you're doing. This is what I'm doing. This is what we this is what we both get out of, of it. Handshake. It's not it's not about the paperwork. It's about the trust. It's about the relationship. And can you trust? And when the and we can't drive that home enough, man, when the lawyers start getting in, they have agendas. Absolutely. And many of those agendas, their business and why, when they win is when it becomes a legal issue. And when it becomes a legal battle, every hour that they're spending on it is their profit. Sure. Even something as simple as like, um, I had a, a cat tell me one time, he said, listen, man, you're doing your contract, you're negotiating your situations. Tell them people, you don't want no contract over four pages. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Max. Because once you got 30, 40, 50, 60, what you need all that for? That's the lawyers, them just muddying your water, making everything more difficult, and putting all this language in there that you got to go to Harvard to understand what it is. Oh, man. You should be able to read your contract. That's so important. That's so important. You don't need 90 pages to get that done. Exactly. And that's why all these kids get jerked in the music industry. They come in there with a whole Bible form and say, yo, here it is. Check that out and find it right here. And it's like, come on, man. And you ain't reading none of that phone no, book. Come on, man. All that phone book. <laughs> you know what and then half of you, you know, you got your, your homeboy cousin, attorney, them who, man, look, y'all good that's at not a, That's not a specialist in no. the specific area of law exactly. that they are. Exactly. You know, I did that, man. And I'm, I'm just put that out there. Yeah. Like I had somebody that was a general attorney overview a franchise contract. Yeah. And the French, oh man, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Yeah. you know, I got this attorney or retainer, you know, I'm gonna have him look at it. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, didn't give me any markups. If he was told you, I can't do that for you. Exactly, I got somebody over here. Exactly, and 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 I truly believe he should have done that. But in my ignorance, right, I didn't know. So I'm taking it as gospel. I signed the paperwork, move on. I got an attorney. It's it's years (laughs) later when. Now we're talking about contention, right? right? When we start reviewing that attorney, it's like yeah. now a franchise attorney looks at it like, man, there's hope more holes in this than switch. Who, who the hell told you to sign this? Well, Why would you, you sign Haru? this? Did you have like your attorneys or not your attorneys, but your mentors actually look at stuff in the beginning when you had like deals that were falling into your lap? Like when you were first getting started, like kind of pivoting out of Magic City? No, nah, um, I want. Ask them to look at anything because I always felt like it was a little too intrusive. 
Mm. For me to ask you to take your time to look, what I would do is I would call you. If I had a concern, yo, what you think about what this? What you think about this? What you mm-hmm. think about this? This is what's going on. And it's easy for them to do. It's less serious. And it's not like, I'm going I'm to e- email a contract. Take this contract and read through it for me. Give me notes. It's like, it's too much. Is my sharpness matching what yeah. I think this is? Yeah. And Give me both. Can you poke any holes in it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, but I don't need you to read it for me. I'm going to tell you about what it is. If it's, if it's maybe like one clause or something simple that, you know, but I try to like do that work myself before I um, ask somebody to like really review anything for me. So the word that comes to mind when I listen to you talk is just fearlessness. Like you shoot your shot when you see it, you plan it out, and there's no fear at all. How did you get to that point? Um, growing up playing ball, mm-hmm. um, being a shooter. I got a nice little J ball. You know, what I'm I can shoot a little bit. <laughs> you can't steal, though, yeah. can't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not nowhere near my prime, but you know what I'm saying. If you don't hoop for real, for real, like yeah. if you didn't play college ball, you don't want this work right now. About to give you that smoke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, no, but I would say, um, you know, somebody with just per- a little bit of personality where I don't care enough. Like part of my superpower is not caring, so I don't care if I fail. I don't care if it doesn't work, but I love going for it. Mm-hmm. I love putting up shots, mm-hmm. and I don't care how many shots I miss. I'm going to do like, you know, I can be off all game, all night. I done missed 30 shots. If it's money time, time for the win, and it come my way, oh, it's going up. The yeah. shot going up. With all the confidence in the world, my confidence don't waver. So no matter what, I always think I'm in the game. No matter what, I think I'm going to win. No matter what. Mm-hmm. No, no matter what deal fold, no matter how, no matter what happens. Bet on myself. Bet on myself. I think I'm going to win. And I also mm-hmm. understand, like chess, that the only thing matters is the end game. Mm. It don't matter if right now you hit a lick for a hundred million and it's crazy. If you close the show and it's nothing, it doesn't count. The same way I've been broke for sixty years. If mm-hmm. I close out at seventy with a crazy contract, I won. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, with that understanding, you know, it allows me to move in that way and also <sighs> look at things like um, from a big place. So I'm never too caught up in anything small, like to where it's going to move me that much. Mm-hmm. I don't care that much enough to like let it throw my emotions off. It's like two day max. No matter what happens, if it throw me off, it's like two days. I'd be like, ah. Oh. But on day three, yeah, man, I forgot all about that. Next, and I'm plotting and scheming on what's what's next. next. What's next? What's the next move? And I take those as lessons and figure out what the, I always say. What's the takeaways? What I learned from this. So even when I lose, it's a win because I'm gonna take something from it, put in a new bag of tricks, mm-hmm. and then sometimes. Um, Sometimes things are not supposed to go your way, and that is your win. Um, for instance, like, so sometimes in a relationship, let's say I provide you with opportunity. That's a mm-hmm. big opportunity that I plug you in with, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work out for whatever reason, and I have money attached to this. If y'all would have closed the deal, my little 5% was going to be crazy, right? Yeah. And But shit goes left. In me plugging in two real people, and y'all not getting it, together on down the line that just builds currency from me to you when I hit you up you know whoever I plugged you with was real mm-hmm. this one ain't work this wasn't the one I really needed that one to work mm-hmm. and so sometimes when that happens it's it's in your favor that mm-hmm. it didn't play out how you wanted it to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know you just take those and just keep rolling with them so yeah I like to take a, a fearless approach and think about everything from the biggest place possible where um, you know at the end of the day Humanity itself doesn't mean anything. If the if the world ended tomorrow, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? All humans off the planet 
the universe ain't gonna miss a beat at all. It's not gonna miss a beat at all. And with that understanding, thinking about things from that big place, mm-hmm. then how can I possibly get caught up, worried about all oh, this for too long? So that that would know, minimize my spirit. Like man, I call that emotional intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Like people get, you know, man, caught up in the emotion. Oh, they drown themselves. The fear, the anger, the you know. It, 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 we're talking about on every play. We all know people like that, man. Like every single thing, it's like, man, you shot your shot, man, you missed it, and it, your whole game has been destroyed because of this one shot right. that you mm-hmm. missed, mm-hmm. this one play that you, you know, what I'm saying, this one disaster. Like, man, dude, disasters happen. How many times did 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 Jordan miss shots? The final shots, he still put them joints up. How many times did LeBron James lose the championship? He'd been in ten of them. You know what I'm saying? A million. Two million, probably a billion people would trade places with him right now. Like, yo, please. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody in the NBA who have never been to the finals, mm-hmm. like he's put up shots. So when they're you're talking about the comparison there, right? The emotional intelligence within the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you were a player playing ball or whether you were a player playing the game of business, right? If you don't put up shots, <laughs> You don't win a game. No, you don't win a game. And you know what I'm saying? And also what building up shots does for you, um, outside of building up your own personal confidence, mm-hmm. it gives you um, that stamp in your energy where when you walk in the room and you sitting down doing business, they know. The big boys know. Mm-hmm. It's real. They gravitate. They gravitate too because they understand like, oh, okay, he's just not like one off and, and never been, he's been before. He's comfortable mm-hmm. in this room, in this environment. Mm-hmm. And those losses help build that up. So like yeah. legit, I can walk in any room anywhere in the world. Like I do not care. We could go talk to Barack. We could go talk to whoever. It does not matter. I don't care at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna have butterflies on the way there no more. Yeah, I'm not gonna be worried about it. Just whatever. All right, let's pull up. Barack, what time? Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we talking about? Because I'm gonna get on his ass when we get there. Shout because- out to Barack. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about. Got some questions. My president. Forty four. <laughs> So in your belief, what do you think is um, a key component to propel black entrepreneurship, especially like the youngins? I mean, they have so much thrown at them. It's a microwave society. Like what you think is uh, something that they need to like key in on? Um, As a collective, I would say first things first is, man, take your kids out of their schools. You know, Mm. we got to teach our own. Take your kids out of their schools. And if you want to instill that type of mindset of thinking for entrepreneurship, um, spirituality, whatever it is, we can't do it under the oppressor. And I think that's probably the best place to start um, if we're actually going to go about it in any type of real way. Do we have the uh, sound effect like the Hiroshima? Because he just dropped the bomb. Nah, I don't have the bomb, man. I wish I did, man. Right. The boom needs to yeah. drop right there because... We're going to add that to the... <laughs> we're going to add that to the... Give me a nice little boom right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but, you know, that's what I think. I think let's take our kids out of their school. I think that's one of the most tangible, realistic things we could do right now, especially mm-hmm. in this moment, considering everybody's homeschooling anyway and all that. Like, my mm-hmm. daughter ain't going nowhere near none of their school. That's not, that's not even a question. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I do that? I went through that system. I know what it is. I know I mean lies and propaganda they're teaching. Why are we continuing to feed the kids to the beast and then expect some kind of other result? Like, oh no. And even your kid is brilliant and you leave them there, they're going to waste away because they're going to take them and just use them against you anyway. 
So you got all this black brilliance yeah. that's just lost. And I think that's like the biggest tragedy that I've witnessed in life is mm-hmm. thinking back from history to now, all the black brilliant minds that are lost in this system, in this education system. Mm-hmm. So I think the way to turn that around is to get out of their system and have our own. And Wait. and that's across the board. I know you asked about business in particular, but no, no, it, no, no, no. It, it, it matters yeah. because man, the roots create the fruits. Yeah. Like so let's, if your if, if, if your roots are in the same soil, <laughs> if your roots are now, you know, shallow or connected to this system, like what what type of fruits do you think you're going to produce? Yeah. You know? So even the beautiful ones going to be damaged. Man, it, it's it's conditioning, mental conditioning mm-hmm. specifically. And I mean, again, when when our textbooks that come into the schools that teach us are different then the same textbook, it, man, that could take us down a whole nother rabbit hole for sure. But like what comes up to my mind is Marcus Garvey. Mm-hmm. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Mm-hmm. And when we like, man, I, I try to live by that understanding that nobody else is in control of my freedom. I was never emancipated. Mm-hmm. My people were, they was, always here for us mm-hmm. we needed to free this mm-hmm. and if we put our, our our kids we put our you know we put ourselves right back into that system of believing we learn and we get conditioned and, and social media is doing that to us right now not just our schools yeah. right from a social perspective we we learn from what's around us and what we see and what we hear and we're putting ourselves in a position where, man, we wake up, we're looking at it. We, you know what I'm saying? You go to work, you eat, you like you're hundred percent connected at all times. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily in your best interest. You know, it's, I'm going to ask you a question. So no doubt speaking about schools, right? Mm-hmm. I got, I got harassed for posing a question about LeBron school, you know, because you I promise. Yeah, I promise. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Right. And my question is, a simple question. I thought it was fair, but apparently people don't like you asking simple questions. And my question was, man, that's dope. What's the curriculum? Mm. What are they teaching the kids? Mm-hmm. Because if it's the same bullshit they've been teaching, I don't care nothing about it. I don't care anything about it. Mm. If you make a nice, big, fancy school and get the kids nice uniforms and books and they parents some jobs, all that is great. I'm not knocking it, right? Mm-hmm. But we still have to ask the questions. What are they being taught while they're there? If Columbus still discovered America, get out of there. Yeah. And, and, and in order to be certified or many of them have to get on this common core mm-hmm. curriculum. Mm-hmm. So if they got on the common core, mm-hmm. that means they're learning the exact same trivia and knowledge and, you know, fake things news. That, uh, fake. And, and like, <laughs> like, like, and that's why I asked the question. So when we're going to be, you know, really talking about power and these moves people are making, we have to really analyze what it actually is, you mm-hmm. know? And so to me, what's powerful is, no, nah, te- this, this is the curriculum. This is what we're teaching. Mm-hmm. We're outside of that. But that's, you know, that's a different dynamic. It is. It is. And that's the thing that's so interesting. Like, you know, we're in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta literally has a majority of their public schools named after historical black figures. And we're still, even in this environment, 
getting maybe a tenth of the knowledge that we're supposed to be taught. That's deep. You put that into perspective around the nation, all the young black boys and girls that are getting educated, not about accounting and finance, but about Christopher Columbus discovering America or uh, the 4th of July Independence Day. Who was independent at that point? I didn't know who Mansa Musa was until I was a full-grown man. Do you understand? I didn't know who Mansa Musa was. The richest man to ever have lived. I thought it was King Solomon. Mm-hmm. I, I had no, I no clue. Garvey was, so I was like 20. <laughs> I mean, this is a part of our history, not just our history, human history. Human world history. You, you see what I'm saying? Like the original colleges and universities, the original schools of thoughts, that was in our, that was in Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. That was in Kush. That was in you know when we we're not even aware of these things, no. let alone understanding by de- by that design. it wasn't about the conditioning. In all actuality, they were teaching us how to think freely. Absolutely. So that's the opposite of the purpose of our system now, which is teaching us how to assimilate and comply. Mm-hmm. And now fill up, and at the time, it was specifically about manufacturing. (laughs) You know, it it was, okay, we need the perfect cogs. Boom, 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 boom. Right. And that's not what's going on now. Like, when we're talking about free thought and, like, how do you create, you know, a child that comes up and it's not about conditioning. They can freely think for themselves. Like, man... Really, if we think about the value and why people bring me into a room, period, is because of that asset and that gift to be able to dig down and understand the real etymology of a thing, to get down and understand the meaning and bring everybody to like to help conduct that thought to produce a result. And what happens is because of so much conditioning, because of so much like hard ground as there. Man, you got the MBA person that comes in, you know, I've got an MBA and I've worked in corporate and, you know, this is the way things go. And there is no original thought at all. And I'm like to put everybody into that broad box. Obviously, that would be unfair. But my experience has taught me. (laughs) My experience has taught me. Right. But then when I go into the room, you know, what I'm saying with the OG, I'm talking about people who had never touched any of these books. Right. But the creativity that came out, it's like, yo, we got this thing to accomplish. You know what I'm saying? And here are all of the ways that it could be done. And the brilliance that comes out of that, man, the business models that have come out of the hood. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? That have come out of the crap. Like just we talking about water. <laughs> come on now. Man, I feel like, you know. Wisdom is being overlooked and being pushed down for education and information. And I feel like wisdom is more valuable, way more valuable, because it's a specific path in a specific way. And it's and wisdom can come from anywhere. But this knowledge and this education is like, man, education. Great. You got it. 
Right. I met people with Which four and box. five and six degrees, man, with not a pot to piss in. But I've met uh, 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 somebody with wisdom that has none of those degrees and millions to be able to give and enrich and uplift people. Being a resource to our people, man, that's the main component. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, we're going to hit on another topic since we're going there. We'll drop another bomb later. <laughs> but let's talk about the Black Sit Movement. You know, um, we have a, a few uh, potential participants at this table right here. But uh, what's your thoughts on it? Um, my first question is, Black Sit, where did it actually come from? Who's saying, whose brand is that? Like, what is, I don't I know what it is, but I don't know the origin of. So the origin of it was, you know, Brexit. And at the end of the day, they were trying to kick people that they felt like weren't uh, deserving to be in Britain. Now, that term became adopted by black people leaving America to explore opportunities in other countries Mm -hmm. and live independent, you know, as far as um, financially and all the other good Mm -hmm. stuff. But that term got adopted originally from really immigrants um, uh, not uh, being uh, welcomed by the people that were of. Well, let me let me let me piggyback on it. It was British leaving the European Union is what it was. Brexit. And it was a clusterfuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is all types of mm-hmm. legislative business It like. Everything was a nightmare there, but they had branded this whole movement that their prime minister came up with and their, mm-hmm. you know, their legislative body to move on from the European Union mm-hmm. and and to leave that. So yeah, that, that, was familiar, but that was Brexit. That was Brexit. Blacksit. They they took that. Who is that combination? I don't even know. Okay. I, I'm not. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Who I'm not super familiar with it, other than the fact that it's, from what I understand, in a general sense, it these are intelligent, um, you know, gifted black people in America leaving America to go to different countries mm-hmm. and establish themselves, and now root themselves in other countries. Yeah, yeah. you know, not just live but do business and take everything that they are out right yeah. and the the idea behind this is an a mass exodus yeah right there's more than just one and again this is mass exodus is nothing new no. right we talked about Mar- marcus garvey just a second ago and that was one of his basic tenets right mm-hmm. was that hey we need to all go back to the motherland yeah yeah no for sure um, so. I always like to uh, ask the question because, uh, you know, blacks, it, like, I like the origin of things because I want to know exactly what it is I'm saying and, mm-hmm. who, I, and, and who I'm repping when I say that. Mm-hmm. You know, similar to a, a real-time example like Black Lives Matter. Exactly. It sounds good in theory. Yeah. But who am I representing when I say that? What organization is that? And most people Who's have never looked at that. They've never yeah. looked into it. Yeah. So that's why I asked to make sure I'm just not like repping something I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the point, like, yeah, I'm all for it. All sounds great. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the process of uh, moving tomorrow. I have a flight in the morning, nine thirty. Well, moving is strong, but I'm going four to six months. I'm going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, put my foot in the water there. We're looking to buy land either there, Costa Rica, possibly Belize, um, a few other places, and do something very similar. So, 
Um, I've been organizing a, a team of people, investors, builders, um, just all kinds of people really to jump on board with us to go buy land and create basically a community retreat mm. where we'll host our own um, everything from weed festivals to yoga retreats to all kinds of shit for black people. Mm. Um, and just slowly take our time and build out our own community over the next 10 years. So when it comes to black sit, like that type of that thought, mm-hmm. I'm all for that. And like, that's, I, I think that's, um, you know, a lot of times we talk about black movements and things we need to do. It gets confusing because amongst ourselves, we like to act like it has to be one thing. We had a vote and it got a da 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 da. I'm gonna mindset vote. All right, that shit sound good. What the fuck is that really gonna do? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not one to sit here and say, "Oh, vote or die." Vote. I know for sure, vote ain't gonna change our problem. Mm. I know that to be a fact. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's not where all the energy goes for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, it's cool. Then it's like, all right, so did you vote? That's great. Okay, if you vote. Where's the money? You put the money behind the vote because you know the, the Jewish and the Chinese people they don't vote like that. Um, you know they don't vote like that they lobby they put the money behind it so what mm-hmm. I'm saying is like all these things are necessary um, for us to really move on we need people leaving having the blacks to go build we need people here fighting with this political system which I don't have the energy for <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying I'm not interested in that one at all Um, so yeah when it comes to uh, that thought process man, I think it'd be very beneficial and I know all of us at this table um, one thing we all have in common, without knowing your full resume, I, I, I can guarantee you that it travels well. I can it guarantee does. you when you jump on that road and you hit these different countries, your weight, your value is stronger there than it is here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like That's one thing yeah. I learned. So, like, you know, me traveling around the world, you know, if I'm sitting in Australia or Moscow somewhere, it's not a motherfucking 10,000 miles who can do what I can do. Yeah. But if I'm sitting in Atlanta, we probably drive down the street and I get somebody who can do something close to me Yeah, who can go on their phone and plug people all day, Man. too. We were just talking to John Lawson about that same thing in the last episode, you know. And my cousin, I, I think we, we share, I shared this with you a little bit earlier, um, talented individual. He moved to Medellin, Colombia mm-hmm. himself to establish himself, you know, and... Man, he he's making ten times more than he was making here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, he's doing still doing business with people in the states, um, and well, really people all around the world. He has an international speaker mm-hmm. uh, showcase, and he's training speakers. But again, many of our gifts, our talents, they travel well. They travel don't, very it, well. especially when you now understand. You know, again, if you have gifts and talents in the area of, you know. Uh, education or wisdom or consulting or, you know, taking your experience and now applying it to people like, man, you do that from anywhere. You know, many of the, of the things that we do, even now we're beginning to realize many of these employees can do anything from anywhere. If you right. could work from home, right. You can do what you do from just about anywhere. Oh, so, you know, as long as you t- you tie in, make sure that there is infrastructure there, mm-hmm. right, that aligns and make sure you, they have the bandwidth, they have the Internet, they have, you know, whatever you need in terms of that, yeah, pretty much we can get it yeah, done. No, no, it, it definitely, I mean, like, you know, I've done deals in Riga, Latvia. What the hell is in, that? In Eastern Europe, <laughs> a little small, powerful nation in Eastern Europe. I've been yeah. there one time, met some guys, and they had no lifelines to anybody in the States to get any kind of action to book shows or do anything. I'm literally the only person they know who mm-hmm. they've met. 
they can make some action happen for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that leads me to doing two, three deals in Moscow and Riga, Latvia. For no other reason. I've been there one, well, I've been in Moscow four times, but I've been there, I touch down, boots on the ground, move around, mm-hmm. and that creates opportunities. There it is. There it is. Well, shoot, man, we've about reached our limit, our time right here. Man, I don't know about y'all, man, but I know this was a powerful, powerful conversation. You know, from a, a, a powerful luminary man. Thank you for yeah, coming on the we, show. Appreciate the energy. You know, man. we really, man, shh, this is what it's all about right now, man. This is exactly what it's all about. You know, people that have the game, man, giving the game to the next generation of up and coming entrepreneurs. If that's you, stay tuned. We got more hot fire for you. <laughs> no fire. doubt fire. no doubt at all <laughs> so ross man can you give them our handles oh, real oh. quick man and we're gonna close this thing out today so yeah follow us on instagram at four underscore game changers again that's four underscore game changers and also you can go to spotify.com and search for game changers you'll see our logo there make sure and tune into the next episode man we'll be back at you every single week go to four gamechangers.com we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Paul, how much time you got left on your thing? Yo, how much time know. you got? Hey, it was crazy. She said,